Welcome to the August episode of Jazz Talk Seattle. My name is Josh. And my name is Max. And today in the studio, we've got Nate Omdahl, bassist, producer, composer. You've got a long list of credits on your websites that looks really fancy. Uh, but today he's talking about uh, union stuff. He currently serves on the director's board of the American Federation of Musicians, the local 76493. Welcome, Nate. Thanks for having me. So let's start this off. Local 76-493, what, what do those numbers even mean? Well, the the numbers would signify the, I suppose, the order of the work groups that popped up in this city. So 76th huh. would actually mean that we were one of the first 100 established worker groups in the city, which makes us over a century old. Mm. So the 493 uh, actually would describe the... Um, People of Colors Union. Unfortunately, that was a separate, separate thing when it was formed nearly a century ago. And our, uh, due to the wisdom of our earlier brothers and sisters, they saw the need to bring the two together because there's we should all be working together in solidarity. And so the the two unions were merged and have been merged for oh gosh, near 80, 80 years. I want to say. I'm sure my boss would correct me. Cool. Very cool. Wow. So we've been here for a minute. So, American Federation of Musicians, the AFM, what is it? What do you do? That's, that's a good question. Um, get asked that a lot. There's a lot of things, depending on the level of uh, local versus national that we're talking about. Um, nationally, what the AFM does, um, I would say primarily, is uh, there's an awful lot of legislative advocacy that's happening right now. Um, mm -hmm. There's a number of... Uh, legislation pieces that have been sponsored by Congress that are awaiting their final destiny, um, but they are the decisions that would ultimately lead to higher forms of payment, you know, streaming and royalties and radio and primary and secondary markets and all that kind of stuff. Um, as you get more local, the AFM becomes more of a workplace advocate. And there's a distinction that I thought I would like to make between how we as a union are really a group of people that are trying to accomplish a task. I get asked a lot about the, the hiring hall dispatch factor of, of what unions do. And I don't want to downplay that because that's definitely a big part of what a lot of locals do in larger cities. And as we get to smaller cities, it becomes more of an organizing tool. So we would be a group that would work on a musician's behalf as they were being hired by a contractor to, say, do a Ice Capades show. You know, your band gets hired. They, they need Your band does this thing. You'd be great to back up this touring group. There's employment regulations that go along with that production where they are civically which arena they may be in and the union can, is there to help the band find the fairest deal some either it's really easy to get misclassified as a musician and that's really the bread and butter of what we specifically do in Seattle locally is we work with musicians to make sure they get the right deal the best deal and sure. then we collectively bargain to make sure that that deal keeps up with the cost of living in Seattle and not mm -hmm. just staying stagnant, which is really what we're offering. There's a, a, a phrase that my boss in New York uh, has been really kind of trying to get in my ear, which is 
the fact that a union has some real community transformative power because it gives us an opportunity to be collective and to ask and advocate for legislation, for programs, for opportunities that would be really hard for us to do one at a time. One at a time. I think I I think I heard about um, a national piece of legislation that just maybe got passed uh, relating to streaming, and I think it increased slightly the amount that musicians were getting paid for their their streams. Do you remember which? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember which number it was. I should have looked that up, but uh, it was I think in the last five or six months that that I saw something about it passing. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure which, which one you're referencing, but um, there's a number of them. Yeah, so there sure. could have been motion on any one of them, and I might have cool. just missed it. But th- there's, yeah, there's a number of. Uh, uh, so there's you know the one that I always kind of try to keep my eye on is the uh, Radio Freedom Act, which is the one that would require radio stations that pr- now can just take your music and use it for a nonprofit stream or something like that to mm-hmm. pay a royalty for that, which interesting only seems fair to me. Yeah. So zooming into the uh, local section that you were kind of talking about, uh, as a musician, myself, and you're a musician, obviously, as well. A great one at that. Thanks. Um, the Musicians Union is sometimes uh, kind of mysterious. Sure. Uh, if you're not a member of it. Um, so can you kind of talk about who uh, is generally a part of the Musicians Union and then what, what that means and who might benefit more or less from Absolutely. it? Absolutely. I would love to talk about sure. that. Yeah. Um, if you guys need to stop me at any point, because this one might take off here. So uh, <laughs> Go for it. Okay. So historically, and for the last several decades, the primary bulk of our membership has been made up of the musical theater pit musicians, mm-hmm. right? So you're playing at Fifth Avenue, get hired for a contract. One of the requirements of that job, because your wage has been collectively bargained with by your peers is to join the union, which gives a mechanism to pay dues to offset their efforts for arguing on your behalf. Um, We have eight contracts around town and in the uh, King County, Puget Sound area. Um, And uh, And those are different venues? Those would be the the theater houses, such as the Village Theater in Issaquah. Um, There's the Fifth Avenue downtown. We've got... Act Theater, we've got the Rep, uh, the Tacoma Symphony, uh, Lake Washington Symphony, uh, the Cornish Accompanist Dancers are actually under a collective bargaining mm. agreement. So very um, cool. Yeah, the, and uh, that is the meat and the potatoes of what the membership is. Um, there is always room for freelancers to be members. Uh, it is a little harder to see some, which is unfortunately always a factor in our community uh, which it wasn't quite such a big deal but there's always a uh, cost benefit factor that I, I cannot argue with uh, and part of why I'm excited to talk to you two today is because we have a real opportunity ahead of us in the next couple of years to win some new jobs for freelancers like the three of us in this room right now and if you think about it there's some major construction happening at a specific site in the middle of our city. And if you think about what is there and what isn't there, there are only going to be 40 hockey games that happen there a year. That's an awful lot of empty nights. So they have to put something else there. And what do you think that's going to be? 
I uh-huh. I can corroborate that as our our union was fortunate enough to have a meeting with the Oakview group and they said that they're expecting to have a lot maybe 50 plus a year of national level touring concerts that are going <laughs> about to come through Key Arena when they fin- whenever it is that they finish uh, and that would be a lot of jobs for folks like you and me so how uh, does the sorry how does a national touring act coming into Key Arena mean there's a job for little me where we are at right now, given the some of the past victories and and partnerships that we have with some of the various elected officials that are are really pro labor and pro the arts. Lisa Herbold comes to mind. Shama Sawant comes to mind. Mike Michael Bryan has been fabulous. And who are those three? For those there are city council uh, city council three of the nine city councilors in the city, and they they're really pro arts. Cool. They have all had it a part of their interactions with the Oakview group that the art and culture that happens at the Seattle Center at Key Arena is something that still needs to be valued. Um, It is worth noting that all of the other related arts trades, so like the sound technicians, Mm -hmm. camera operators, in-stadium announcers, right? Hmm. They all have union contracts with these employers. The individuals on stage holding guitars and violins are the, one of the few groups in one of the stadiums around town that doesn't have an agreement with their employer. And because of money that's recently been given out, like, say, to the Mariners. You remember the end of the last year when the Mariners were gifted about $135 million? I don't know if I heard about that, but... Oh but in the last year, the Mariners <laughs> were gifted about $135 million, which was the surplus of a county tax. And part of that <laughs> money was supposed to come back to the community through the form of labor jobs. It's certainly so not th- coming back in the form of baseball wins. It is not. No, it's not. <laughs> and I would argue that the Mariners were not in any financial hardships and probably had facilities at least budgeted for the next 25 years. Mm-hmm. They did not need a gift from the county to make sure that the roof kept opening, which is more or less what it's for. So the real caveat there was that money has to go back in forms of jobs, good jobs, top to bottom in the stadium. So presently, all the groups are organizing with the Mariners right now. And the musicians have been fortunate to have been brought in by our brothers and sisters in the Allied Arts Trades saying, hey, look, you may have a small claim for the baseball season, although it would be nice to see an organist in a marching band or something like that in front of the games, which is something we're trying to accomplish. Um, I was trying to actually talk to them about being like a Mariner's house band for a second, and uh, I didn't really get much of a response. Well, you probably would get a better response now, given that they've been given $135 million to funnel back into the community. So we should go down there and say, I've been looking for someone... I mean... my goal with that would be to create like a, a brass band that could walk, wander around in front of the stadiums before the game starts. Hmm. We could, they could play, you know, here or there around the stadium for the first couple innings, play <laughs> along with Louie Louie at seventh inning stretch and clock out, you're done. That if there was like a 10 to 12 piece ensemble over a couple of seasons, how many jobs would that create for the players in town? Yeah. Subs, regulars, arrangers, band leaders, all of the contractors, all of the above become employed by one contract. And that wage doesn't stay where it was when it was created. It goes up every year. And that's how the union can really advocate for jobs 
for you and me. And like I was saying, we have some unique timing right now, given some of the civic funding that is happening at T-Mobile and at Key Arena. So cool. You, so let's back up for a moment. You mentioned uh, uh, that sounds great, all this stuff that's going on with the Mariners. I still don't understand how a national touring act coming into Key Arena means jobs okay, for so local contracts. Contracts with the union are actually with the venue. So anybody coming into the venue would have to use that contractor and that hiring list. And that hiring list and that contractor are maintained by the union. I see. So, for example, if you were to work at the Paramount for more than two nights in a row, mm-hmm. you'd have to join the union for a quarter. I see. As, their, as the house's rule for you working there. So that's when a national, national touring act wants to hire local contractors to fill out their band. Yeah. And that's what that looks like. That's what that looks like. I so see. we would have an agreement then with T-Mobile. So when Live Nation, who's no one's favorite employer, is putting on a concert there in October for the Who with orchestra, those orchestra jobs would be competitive with the community standard that the union's rates are a mirror of. So Interesting. we would... Con- and. We would continue to advocate for a cost of living raise, for pension, for L&I, for workers' comp, for all the things that you get on a real job site that you can't get when it's just you against your employer. Sure. So that we really can level the playing field and make sure that this is treated like the important job that it is. I mean, my God, if it wasn't for the folks on the stage is holding the violins and the drums and the guitars... Why do we need sound techs? Why do we need ticket takers? Why do we need elevator people? The whole event is around our industry. And for us to be the only group without a real contract and job there is ludicrous. And the rest of labor is recognizing that. And I've been very fortunate to have been able to attend the meetings that I've been able to attend for the last couple of months. And it's really been rewarding and gratifying to hear how the rest of labor is excited to see artists and musicians start to hear and figure out their own power that if we show up we are the loudest community in the city there are literal city agencies to monitor our volume we're the only industry in town that's we're one of the few industries where that's really an issue and i can think of nothing more terrifying than a group of organized politically charged musicians standing outside of your building playing an awesome concert i have two questions who monitors the volume of the music community in Seattle? And then also, <laughs> uh, also, I wanted to back up one more time and just briefly touch on, the, you mentioned there was a new construction project for the hockey team, right? Mm-hmm. Is that Key Arena or is that somewhere mm-hmm. else? That's Key Arena. Oh, okay. That's I wasn't sure where they're... It thought, might also be the Northgate facility. That's what I was, that's yeah. what I was hearing, They want to have... I mean, because it's, it's not just the hockey facility. It's, a, it's They're positioning that arena to be nationally competitive so they're expecting to have harry potter on ice there they're expecting to have oh man okay right so it's 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 not it's going to be a variety of jobs of all kinds for a lot of different workers not just symphonic or rhythm section yeah but there will be definitely in a raise in those opportunities and as we say in the union a rising tide floats all ships so maybe you aren't getting immediately contracted for those jobs something else is going to open up because somebody else is going to want to go play at halftime for the hockey game or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Cool. Who mon- who monitors the... There's a yeah. multi... It's actually a multi-commission or agency tag team of, I think it's alcohol, B&O, music. There's like four or five agencies and they're supposed to be this little group that goes around and monitors noise. Fascinating. I don't, I don't know how... I don't know how one of the problems that I've observed 
uh, problems might be too strong, obstacles that a lot of agencies in the city have. They're, they're staffed with wonderful, wonderful people. They're just small offices. Right. I know the, I would say that the Officer Film Music is not a large office. So <laughs> their ability to affect the infrastructure is only, there's only so much. And right. they, they work their tails off. And it's just, you know, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. So you've mentioned multiple times now that we're in a, there's a unique timing right now that uh, construction is going on, these jobs are going to be pouring in, and it's very important that the union do what it does to make sure that happens. What does that mean for uh, us musicians, uh, independent musicians uh, that are not union right now? What is right. can we should we be involved? Can we be involved? What does it look like? What I'm really here kind of unveiling is this today is this sort of a what we would call it a, a card up campaign and i acknowledge that in 2019 paper and cards might not be the most practical <laughs> thing every everywhere but it's there's still a value to that and more or less what we're tr trying to do is put together a very vague petition style document that just says we the worker uh, we the musical workers of the city understand the factors at play and just expect these jobs to be protected and that means that we support the union being involved in negotiating the wage that's all you got to do with i don't no one thumbs their nose at the concept that uh a job is not important to musicians and i don't as an organizer i really really personally don't expect wouldn't expect a musician that's really struggling and doing five different gig economy jobs to pay dues into a system before there's a clear trail for the work to start happening but if we can just organize and be willing to somehow be collected and stand up together and it can be as simple as a petition delivered to a mayor or city council saying these are the folks that have volunteered to put their name and one vital piece of contact information down that says I support the union and when these jobs are here I'll be happy to join because of the job they're doing making sure the wage is fair that gives us the leverage in the AFM to go to city council go to the county and say you're go, or, or go to these employers and say you're not going to be able to undercut on this community and expect that the workers are going to take this wage they are more organized than that so if you go to them with $50 an hour for Harry Potter on ice at the brand new key arena all of these people are going to go well did you go through the union that's really cool so, so where's the petition and how do people find it well, uh, the petition is, we are wording the document right now. I've got a little subcommittee. Um, actually, hopefully there will be a doodle to uh, both of you in the next uh, couple of hours. We, we put the list together and we're getting the, the doodles to send out so we can get a committee together because I would love to see before the year is over a, what I'm calling it just for organizing purposes is a uh, freelance musicians state of the union cool we can very cool our union can would be happy to thumb the bill on it we can take get a room for free at the labor temple on first avenue and what first and blanchard or whatever first and bell in belltown or whatever by the green frog uh we can give a report on all this stuff we can speak to new organizing efforts we can speak to um some safety concerns that have come up we can speak to getting ready to organize around that downtown toll that they seem to be insistent on trying and when they hear from us that this is a non-starter they're going to take that seriously we can talk about how to organize that committee because that's on the horizon too 
that would be very cool as yeah. well. Yeah. All of these all of these things are you know, important for us as workers to just come together and talk about it. Musicians have a unique burden in that we don't have a centralized workplace where some right. of this stuff can go out. So it's our burden, unfortunately, as the workforce to create that once in a while. And I'm hoping that this little email I'm about to send out, this petition, whatever this card campaign is, uh, how about, the, I don't, when, when is this going to air? Do we know? Uh, first week of August. It'll be done by the first week of August. We'll so have a link in the description. Yeah. We can Wonderful. Post, post All right. it. <laughs> so briefly talking about actual numbers, what does it cost to be a union member? It's like 55 a quarter. So okay. it prorates a little bit. So it's usually it's usually around, you know, given how many months are in the quarter, right? Uh, it's like 18 a month. Okay. Cool. And I can imagine that would be, in some situations... Uh, contracts will provide that the employer pay your dues. That would be even cooler. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, these are all things that we can win together, but we have to do it together. Yeah, and this affects the entire music scene. Um, as this is more or less a jazz podcast, um, I think probably m most of the jazz scene is not a union member. Would you say that's accurate? I would like to say most might be too strong a word, but there's a there's definitely a majority that aren't. Majority, yeah. No. How about other other styles of music? I mean, what do you see in terms of membership with like the rock scene or the hip hop scene? Or I mean, there are tons of different kinds of music around Seattle. And what does what does that membership picture look like? Well, uh, this kind of goes back to where contracts have been won in the past, mm -hmm. and that unfortunately draws a pretty hard genre line around classical musicians right because they are sitting there in an orchestra setting all together for the right. majority of their playing they career. have it's more easy of an to feel that solidarity yeah. right, right. Mm -hmm. we're right. freelancing it one at a time we're doing the, the rhythm section thing in the jazz world you know we're just kind of not to generalize but it, a lot of time is you know you fill that chair you fill that chair you fill that chair with your good buddies that are all fabulous musicians <laughs> and all of us I know, having done that kind of work, are usually just tickled to see who's there, right? Because it's all you know. Rare is the case where you're like, "Oh no, that happened." Um, so it, it, the further away you get from that orchestra setting, the harder it is to see that immediate benefit. And I, that's what I'm thankful about these new venues because the types of jobs are going to make more sense for a wider diversity of musicians to start thinking about membership and that's been an issue that is national in the AFM that the victories that have been won up to this point have predominantly been in the very close to the classical world right yeah scored music is kind of a, a concept that's usually in our, our agreements and the further we get into advocating for streaming advocating for you know the one that I'm the most fascinated there's a really good there's a um, the difference the modern difference between a primary and secondary market for a released piece of recorded piece of music right i was thinking if you it's i it's pretty common now before the movie is released in a theater you can pay for your download right yep that's pretty <clears throat> common so what's the primary market for a movie is it the amazon pre-download or is it the movie theater where it's released? Because the first opportunity to make money is the stream. Hmm. So all of that stuff just is completely up in the air with the agreements that were written in the 80s for recording and and what had to be grandfathered into the streaming agreements so that everybody 
nationally i know los angeles they are hustling right now to try to modernize and learn as much as they can about the work that's being done on the ground because the longer we go as a national union the less relevant those terms and those documents are they're already pretty in the rearview mirror but it's only getting worse so we're, there's a huge effort to modernize all of that language which will bring more musicians like jazz musicians like hip-hop musicians and to be clear that's language around contracts for streaming uh royalties and yeah a lot of that a lot of that stuff actually not a fair amount i can't really speak to the quantity a lot of a quantity of those economic decisions are actually made at the recording level right so one of the issues that we have in this community that they don't so much have in Portland, just given that what their officer structure is like, is if you do record recordings for the big record producers, your rate has, your rate has been set nationally. We just don't know it, and we don't report it in this community. So there's a, there's a lot of opportunity for the union to do more for the jazz and the hip-hops and the, you know, the pop popper music kind of yeah, genres it sounds like there's a lot we of... just need to find how we can get this information out there and and destigmatize some of the union i'm, I'm really hoping like this key arena thing can be a, a way to reopen the doors to the broader community yeah so if people are, are interested and they have more questions about like what these rates are and they want or they just want more information about the union in general What's the best place to have them ask questions? Well, you can always contact our office. Um, we're located at 3209 East Lake Avenue East. So that's the block that's immediately south of the University Bridge cool. on East Lake. And there's Are a, there places online that you can uh, We're at local76-493.org. You can actually join online. It just takes you to our PayPal checkout, and it's pretty simple form after that. Uh, mail you a brochure and a card, and there's... There's not a whole lot more to it. It's not like a insurance company where you get this whole right. flow, progressive, welcome to what we do kind of thing. Because, again, most of our members are joining because they were hired at one of these theaters. So it's kind of just a part of their employment package. Mm -hmm. And that's something I'll admit that we're trying to change, recognizing that we're going to need to be able we, we need to be able to receive and answer more questions for freelancers as these new opportunities come up. So hopefully that gives us all a chance to learn and work together and figure out how we can best help help each other and that's really what we're trying to get done. Um I would mention there's also uh a branch that we've been working on for several years called Fair Trade Music Seattle, which is just an organizing campaign. You don't need to join anything to be a part of that. It's just a little volunteer effort that we put together. Um in the past we've held classes and seminars and thrilled to do that again with anybody that wants to show up. Um I, this meeting that I've been speaking of it would be a function of fair trade music. So to attend it, you wouldn't need to join the union or anything like that. What does fair trade music do? Um, it, it's like, it's an organizing campaign to give freelance musicians a chance to start to interact with the union and figure out where your place might be and, and learn what, what we can do with it. Um, fair trade music was the group that advocated for the musicians loading zones that are in front of about a dozen venues around town. Very thankful for those, by the way. <laughs> Thank my, you. It was my pleasure. I was, <laughs> as an upright bassist, I was uh, the first in line to use them. I can assure Especially you. Especially the one outside of Tula's and the Triple Door. Well, the interesting thing about the Triple Door, when we looked at it, was that at the certain time of day, which is ironically when most acts are loading in, there was no legal place to park your car at the time. Right. And it was just like, you look at that, and it's a no-brainer. you got to fix that, because it's the Triple Door. Yeah. 
Duh. So it's an easy fix, and those are the kind of projects that Fairtrade Music tries to identify, things that we can mobilize the community, make an immediate impact, make people feel better about the workplace. And so where can we find more info about Fairtrade Music and these meetings? Uh, Fairtrademusic.org uh, is the little website. There's some documents you can download. We have free contracts that you can download and fill out. They're just in PDF. Um, oh, cool. One thing uh, I want to put out there uh, that's a membership perk is if you find yourself sending and receiving a lot of contracts over the course of a year, um, you can always file that contract with our office. And if something goes wrong on the other side, there's a fund where we pay you and you pay your contractors. And then we, as a union, go after your client. Huh. Whoa. I think we should post links to all of these things on our page. You have to be a member and you have to file your contract, which means you have to get a contract, mm. which is the trick. But uh, realistically... So speaking of the trick of getting a contract, yeah. uh, I've like many other musicians in Seattle have had trouble squeezing a contract out of whatever venues we're playing at. What what do you have to say about well, yeah, situations like that? One thing about fair trade music was there was a component to work with the venues when we founded it, and all all of our fair trade music ple pledged venues have signed a contract have had their management sign a contract saying if you ask for a contract, they will sign one. Hmm. So there have been issues around that in the past. A specific one that is a little unfortunate comes to mind. Does Fairtrade Music publish a list of those venues? We absolutely do. Cool. We absolutely do. And uh, if they will not, that's absolutely something that we would like to know because they said to our face and in writing that they would honor that contract. And that's hmm. the contract that would come from the union? Or a musician. Oh, any, 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 any music, contract. A musician presents a contract, you'll at least negotiate it in good faith. Right. Okay. Cool. So that's we have thir 32 current venues around Seattle that have signed that pledge. And awesome. Including STG, including so that would include the Paramount. Yeah. You know, some very large players, right down to the small ones, and unfortunately, some that have gone out of business. Highway 99 Blues Club was one, and they're not there anymore, unfortunately. Yep. So. Yeah, it's been a little uh, bit of a thing to watch some of that turn over, but um, it's there, it's a mechanism, and it's always a tool. If something goes wrong, we can go back and say, well, if so-and-so <clears throat> is your manager, I don't, we, can, we right. at least, can we at least talk about a way forward? So here's another question I have really quick. Um, backing up just a tiny bit again, uh, this is all really informative, I think, for myself, Josh, and pro hopefully a bunch of musicians all over town and beyond even. Um, this is a local chapter of a national organization, correct? Correct. So there are a lot of things going on at the national level too, like we briefly talked about with streaming and other mm -hmm, things. Mm -hmm. um, what's the best way for a, mus a musician like myself or one of us to stay in touch and, and find out about these national happenings? Because, you know, you are representative here and you didn't really know about that thing that I think passed. I'm not quite sure, <laughs> but... How how can we all kind of be on the same page with these these things that affect everyone? I I think that just comes back to um, frequency and solidarity. It, it it's because it, in my opinion and experience, it goes back to the issue of not having a centralized workplace where there can be a committee that's been assigned. Hey, let's follow these laws. Um, Is there a way that we can follow something online on, on social media or the, a website or something? AFM, 
I think it's the national website. It's either afm.org or afm.com or mm -hmm. whatever. If you, if you Google National Musicians Union, right. it's us. Um, there are links to all the national organizing efforts and, and okay. which senators to contact. I know um, Jerry Nadler from New York, who's actually the senator that's going after Trump's tax returns with the most fervor, is actually also the one that's sponsored the Radio Freedom Act. So he may be busy. But you can contact him, and it tells you the information and okay. links to the, the bills that he sponsored. And it links all of the national legislation that we're working on. And a lot of the stuff we're also working on with the Grammys, uh, with ASCAP and BMI, with any other, with all the, SAG-AFTRA. A lot of that legislative action we're all doing together. And it, it is an education to see it happen. And you should be able to check out the website without joining. Cool. Yeah, if there was... if. I feel like there's a lot of potential for clarity in terms of the communication between all of these systems, especially sure. ASCAP, BMI, those agencies, uh, and the the union, all of this stuff. I feel like there's a huge amount of potential for uh, just a widespread awareness to come about. Yeah. Um, I so this is exciting. Completely agree. Um, the one thing I would add to that is uh, what... I've been fortunate enough to have found myself as oftentimes the only arts advocate in some city civic meetings, you know, city planning meetings downtown. And what always shocks me is how really interconnected all of our issues are. Um, and I always go back to because really, if you're talking about the wage in Seattle, it all goes back to the biggest employers that exist and those are the same employers nationally that you're going to find that are causing wage problems in any community and all of these roads are going to lead back to the same conversations and the more that we can be working together the more that we can have we can create this dialogue bring conversations out of the silos then at least we'll know what we're working with we can start to identify elected officials that are really helpful and ones that are really not. We can start to advocate for policy, like no driving tax. We did it a, like what, a decade ago, no dance tax. Cause, you know, that was silly, but you know, <laughs> it was proof that people pay attention to laws when they come into focus. And it gives us an opportunity to advocate for or against, you know, if there's a, uh, it would give us a platform to perhaps ease some of the late night parking restrictions in parts of town it would Ooh. give us a platform to uh it's shockingly hard to get a street light installed in the city of seattle we can huh. make that easier which makes it safer for all of us that are carrying equipment oh, and yeah. cash walking in the dark by ourselves to our car because that's safe right oh, yeah what if the, we can just put a few more street lights up so it's just that much better for for all of us that are working on a, on a stage you know i don't i mean when we leave crew leaves an hour after us it's even yep. worse for them yep so there's a there's there's a lot of boats in the ocean right now and it's really exciting to start to see workers our age realize that there's a lot that we can get done collectively especially considering that there's a lot of people looking for it and asking for tangible solutions and man if for me the best way to keep the city of music thriving is to make sure that the musicians can afford to live here. And and you can talk about festivals and whatever else you want, all you want, but that's just going to come back to jobs and wages. 
And the yeah. longer you dance around that, the less of us they're going to be to kick butt at your concert. So, yeah, a lot's changed uh, in the last twenty years here. Wow, that's sounds like the local chapter is certainly doing a lot. Is there anything else you'd like to mention? There's one um, particular piece of legislation that I'd like to mention that got passed in May. Um, it was HB 1450, which limits non-compete clauses in Washington State for contractors and employees. Um, what it states is that if you are doing work in the state of Washington, your employer or contractor cannot restrict you as a worker without paying you $100,000 a year as an employee or $250,000 as a contractor. That law goes into effect in January of 2000. There's one small... January 2000? of 2000? Of 2020. <laughs> Thanks. 2020. Uh, there's one small exemption for music, which would give employers three days to still impose some sort of a radius clause or blackout date. But after that, it's subject to the same law like everybody else. Cool. So and that means if, uh, for example, CenturyLink Field decides to hire me to play a concert at halftime, they cannot, unless they pay me 100000 or two hundred fifty as a con- 250000 as a contractor per year, they can't say you're not allowed to play anywhere else for the month preceding this concert. Is that correct? Preceding... Sounds like there's yeah. a three-day window, though. Three-day three day window. There's a three-day yeah. window. And on I'm, either side? I think it's total. Cool. So that would give you the... the that's the weekend. Yep. Right. So mm-hmm. for a festival, that gives the festival the weekend. Sure. And I would argue that's very generous because I can think of very few other industries yeah. that give one employer the complete monopoly on the entire region like that. Yep. So, but at, But that is something that we all need to tell our friends and colleagues about because it's incumbent on us as the workers to know that this law has changed because I can promise that the employers are not going to be forthright about making sure that we're aware of it. Right. Is there a Twitter page for the union? There is. Um, we have not had a lot of tweetable <laughs> stuff to talk about considering that a lot of what we do is contract bargaining. Um, if, if this fair trade music program I've been talking about... The, when it's strong, there's a lot of social media, there's a yeah. lot of tweeting, there's Instagramming that happens because the workers are, the musicians are fired up about sharing what's happening. Mm-hmm. And that stuff just ebbs and flows with the worker totally. excitement. And, and, you know, honestly, there was a pretty big dip after the election in what people were feeling they could do, just the burden of existence. I, under, I understand as an immigrant that it got tough, but we're seeing we're seeing that phase in and we're seeing people being fired up about okay this isn't going to change until we change it let's go find the piece locally that we can do and get it done and it'll feed into the it'll feed into everything and i'm i'm i've been really thankful working for the union and having a chance to go outside of the arts you know and go to other afl cio functions and talk to other organizers that work with other workers and hear how wow this is the exact same struggle you know, mm. food and beverage, it's easy for us to equate with that, right? They have us load into the same loading dock. Our cases are next to the catering gear. We eat next to the garbages backstage, you know what I mean, all the time, right? We get our little meals back there, and it's the overflow from the catering. So for us to be in solidarity with food and beverage, I see no reason why not to do that. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think that's about all we have time for today. Thank you so much, Nate, for joining us and telling us Absolutely. all about the union. My uh, work email, I'll just put out there, it's Nate, N-A-T-E, at local, 
76-493.org. Uh, feel free to ask me any questions. Uh, refer back to our website, uh, fairtrademusicseattle.org, and there's a link on the bottom of the page that says resources, and there's some stuff you can download and put that stuff into use, please. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. Well, Thanks for having me. Links to all these things that Nate has described into the description of the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Jazz Talk Seattle. If you like what you're listening to and want to listen to more episodes, you can look us up on Facebook. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you get your local podcasts.